Sex Pistols, Anarchy in the UK, kind of a theme here, although we are clearly not the UK, but uh, we were talking about Anarchy in the US. I think there is actually a punk rock song called Anarchy in the USA, but I guarantee you it's not as good as that one. So just imagine you're 17 years old, on the hunt for rebellion, your hormones are through the roof, living in an environment where there's ready, able, easy access to recreational uh, substances. And then you hear this, right? You hear this, you're like, holy shit. This is, this is the sound I've been looking for my entire life. It's, it's right here. And it's hit me right at the age of rebellion. And that's what happened. And I thought the uh, Sex Pistols, and I still think to this day, the Sex Pistols are probably the most important band ever. Like beyond the Beatles, 
uh, beyond the Rolling Stones, like put your top three up there, Led Zeppelin, like there's them. And then there's the Sex Pistols. And, and, and the reason I say this is because of the cultural change that the Sex Pistols instituted. They were one and done, one band. They were one album. They were, uh, they, they were faithful to the ethos of punk rock, which was really essentially live fast, die young. One of the sex pistols actually died, of course. Sid Vicious, very bizarre, strange circumstances with Sid Vicious. Um, yeah, and the album fucking rocked. I mean, everything on there rocked. Great production too. A lot of times with punk rock records, the production is way down. Like, like, like it's like, okay, we're just gonna, you know, do shit and the sound will be but you know, when you listen to those that track, the production is high quality. It was uh, engineered by Chris Thomas, who's a very, very good producer. And I think he I think Chris Thomas might have been the I think he might have helped Alan Parsons. He might have been in on Dark Side of the Moon somewhere at some point. Uh, he produced the uh, first Pretenders record, which is a great record. So I hope that uh, kind of got you up, got you going here on, on a Monday. A little uh, anarchy in the UK. And I think uh, they've, been, they've been threatening to make like a, either a TV series or documentary in the BBC based on Steve Jones's book. Steve Jones over here, he's the uh, guitarist. He actually made the Rolling Stone top 100 guitarist of all time. Although I think Joan Jett was ahead of him. I was just reading that Joan Jett, it's like this big beef online with Joan Jett and uh, Ted Nugent. And Ted Nugent is pissed off that he's not in the top 100 greatest guitarists of all time. And Joan Jett is, look, I love Joan Jett, she's great born the same day I am, different year. And how could I not love Joan Jett? But she's not one of the top greatest hundred guitar. She wasn't even the best guitarist in her own band. The Runaways had Lita Ford. Lita Ford ultimately became a better guitarist than Joan Jett. She, so Joan Jett's not even the best guitarist in her band. She's the top 100 guitar player of all time over Ted Nugent. Like Ted Nugent, the, the Amboy Duke stuff in the beginning was, was great. And just go back and listen like Cat Scratch Fever and uh, Stranglehold, like the guitar work on those records is really good. Like I know that Ted hammers out a lot of riffs now. Like he's, he's a riff guy. Because you get to a certain age and that's what you do, you play riffs. But back in the day, Ted Nugent was actually a really guitar, good guitar player. And, and uh, you know what's really a bummer about Joan Jett? She's a lesbian. That's the bummer part. Joan Jett, and that, now you can be a lesbian, that's fine. I'm, I'm okay with you being a lesbian if you want to be a lesbian. You don't really care if I'm okay with you being a lesbian, so it doesn't really matter anyway. But it's like, you, Joan, you couldn't have been straight? Come on up here. Coming off a very strong performance last night's show where he just laid down on the, on the couch. It's the astrological cat. What's going on, Jasper? Good to see you here. So I had a, I had a rumble with the... Uh, the devil cat yesterday. The devil cat is so weird. All right, here's the scene. I go out yesterday morning. I go to feed uh, Maxie, the barn cat. He's always there in the morning by the door waiting for his dry food. And, you know, there's this little other little cat 
this uh, feral stray called Samba. I call this cat Samba. I think it's I think it's a she. I like I like Samba as a name, even though Samba doesn't really know it's her name. Anyway, Samba comes around, and I feed Samba when she's around. And um, the devil cat was there yesterday, and he was like chasing her off. Like he's, it's like, hey, fuck you. This is my place. No, it's not your place. You don't even live here, you little fucking devil cat. You you live in the farm dominium behind me with a bunch of other cats and three squares a day. Yeah, that's where you live. So he's he, I know I know I know. So I so um he chases the other little cat up the tree. She, luckily, she didn't go too high, and then he kind of climbs up the tree a little bit. Like you know, like he's getting really possessive. This cat. So I had a moment. I did have a moment, and I went to get my pellet gun because like, I'm going to shoot this fucker. I'm going to show I'm going to show him a lesson. So I, I go out there, I got a pellet, my pellet gun, I pumped it up and I've got him, I got him dead to rights, dead to right, but he's not moving. He's, a, he, he's laying down. He's like, fuck you. I'm not moving. I know you have a pellet gun, but I'm not moving. And it's like, okay, I can't shoot a cat with a pellet gun. He's just sitting there. There needs to be a little sport in this thing. So I managed to shoo him off and he started running and I, I think I plunked him in the rear end and he, cause I could see him kind of like do a little loop-de-loo with his back legs. Right. Although with this cat, who knows, he, he might have eyes, you know, just above his asshole or something, you know, cause he's possessed. Maybe he did a matrix thing and he, he jumped over the, the flying pellet. He's a weird cat. He was out there this morning kind of far away he's a he's a weird dude that cat you're you're not a weird dude not you no not you you wouldn't do that you're not a crazy guy like that how is everybody how are you today coming off a uh i think pretty strong show last night we didn't get into the chart of the moment but i think we covered some interesting themes oppositions disagreeableness the disagreeableness in the in the collective and that's where we are we're, we're in the disagreeable zone in the collective with mars getting ready to make a comeback it's going to get intense ugly weird so we're going to talk about that today before i do i got two orders of business and i'm gonna flip-flop them today usually i talk to chatlandia slash chataria which i will and then i talk about true him science going to flip it a little bit and today we're going to get right into true hemp science. Steve Jones, highly underrated guitar player. Didn't even know how to play the fucking guitar uh, when he started with the Sex Pistols. Self-taught. Like a lot of those guys were. I like the Clash, but they just they just became bloated. I think you could tell. I think my first, my favorite two Clash records are the first two records. And then I think... Probably after that would be London Calling. And then Sandinista, if you made Sandinista two record set, it'd be good. Three records, it's too sprawling, too weird. It's their it's their big statement. You know, The Clash wound up playing, they did a, uh, another, um, like a follow-up to, to the Monterey Pop Festival. This was, I think, at the end of the 70s, and it was in Monterey, and nobody went. Nobody went to that festival and the clash were headlining. I think they played to something like 200 people or something like it was really, it was not a good, uh, not a good event, which is a bummer. 
I did see the clash twice. Okay, first time is their second show in the United States, Berkeley Community Theater. All right, let's talk CBD. Let's talk True Hemp Science. Of course, you know, I've been talking about it. I hit my gummies last night and boy, did they, did they work. 25 minutes into the gummy trip and I was snoozing in front of the TV. I was watching uh, Bill Simmons, whom I've actually readopted. I had to, I had to kick Bill Simmons in the curb for a while because he was talking up D. Ray McKesson about defunding the police. I was like, Bill, what are you doing, you fucking sellout? So Bill, Bill, Bill Simmons is actually a really good writer. And he's, he's good. Con- the thing I like about Bill Simmons, he talks about like alternate universes and alternate timelines. He, he, he doesn't really come right out and say it, but he does. So he's been doing these redrafts for the uh, NBA. Like going back in time, you know, like in another universe, you know, what would happen during, we held this draft all over again, knowing how these players played, how would we draft them? So he's been doing that. And I was watching one of the redrafts and the, and the gummies just kicked in last night. They kicked in. And next thing you know, I'm like, not only is that draft over, but they moved on to the next draft. And I'm like, oh boy, I've been asleep here for a while. So that's the efficacy of the gummies. And um, you can get those from True Hemp Science. And that is my good friend, Christopher Lynch. There's a link right there. If you're on the homepage, if you're listening to the podcast, by the way, welcome to the podcast. All you all you groovy people, groovy man, uh, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you can go here, 15minutesofflame.com. We got a link right here on the homepage. The posts for Chris's CBD products are right at the top of the page. You can click through there, True Hemp Science. You spend $100, you get $20. Free product, 15 mins. That's your code, 15MINS mins. That's your code. Just type that in. And Chris will know where you're coming from and he'll hook you up. Pretty simple. And uh, you're supporting your own health. You're supporting the show. You're supporting an independent business and entrepreneur here in the United States of America. I wish we could send some of these great products overseas. I was talking with uh, my buddy Ben down in Australia and you can't get CBD in Australia. Can't get it. Ain't happening. Ain't happening in Australia. So... You know, in that regard, I think we're pretty lucky here in the U.S. So let's check in with uh, Chataria. Chataria. Yeah, wake you guys up. <laughs> I like that song. Jasper, do you like Anarchy in the U.K.? Jasper likes Love Cats by The Cure. That's his tune. You like Love Cats, don't you? Uh, he's a love cat. All right, we got Thomas Jordan. Thank you, Tom, for the little quick proofatorial this morning. Uh, Empath, what's going on, Empath? Good to see you. Stupid games, stupid prizes. We're going to talk all about the coming riots because they are coming, and they are. It's going to be. This is going to be the thing that is. You know, remember, 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 remember. Go back to last night, and we were looking at the eclipse path in the U.S. Comes right up through like the outer rim of the intense arc of the eclipse path comes right through central Texas. This is the precursor of the eclipse path in 2024, two years from now. And um, this is the, that, that eclipse effectively cuts the United States into four territories. We already saw what happened in the eclipse in 
2017, it cut the United States right in half, right in half, starting up in Oregon, ending in Florida. It was almost like the Mason-Dixon line. North, south, red, blue, polarity, Trump is president, boom, there it is. And he's looking right up to the fucking sun. Donald Trump daring the sun, daring the sun. He's Prometheus. He's daring the sun to blind him. Baron and uh, Melania wearing their sun visors, wearing their glasses, looking down. Not Donald Trump. Tempting fate. Looking straight in to the dark abyss of light and says, this is my destiny. This is my time. I am here to become the redeemer of the black sun. Sony, what's going on, Sony? Here's my man, Ryan, Hucklebuck411, CC Jones, JJ. What's going on, JJ? My man, Michael, DJMC. What's going on, Michael? Tondar's here. Happy Monday, Tondar, to you and your family. Beth Berry, hello, Double B. The 27 Club. Yep, Sid Vicious, part of the 27 Club. Man, that, that whole thing with uh, Nancy Spongen, oh, she's creepy. Creepy. You know, you know, he, uh, I think uh, he kills her, right? He kills, I think he killed her. And then he kills himself later on. That's a whole weird chapter. They would have been better off with Glenn. Like if they could have somehow blended Glenn Matlock's bass playing and longevity to Sid Vicious's look and attitude, they, they probably could have done a second album, but that's just not how it worked with the Sex Pistols. A second album would have been just wrong. Wrong. That band can't have more than one album. Uh, let's see who else we have here. There's my man, Steve. What's going on, Steve? Good. Curves and plot holes ahead. Yes. CC said, I saw Ted Nugent. I've never seen Ted Nugent. He's one of those artists I've never seen. I've seen a lot of bands, never saw Ted Nugent. The Motor City Met Me. Lives in Texas now. Uh, San, it's Samba. Samba. Let's be clear about that. It's Samba with an A because she's a girl. Samba. Like, you know, Samba. 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 A blaster squirt gun. I like the, I like the pellet gun. I got to tell you. There's, you know, I've never hunted before. I live in the heart of honey country. I do hunt other things, right? I do, I am, I am, I do hunt other things, but I don't, I don't hunt like live animals. If I, if I had to, I would hunt a live animal, not a problem. But there is something slightly exhilarating, I have to say. Like last week, it was two weeks ago, I had these raccoons come out and knock the shit out of my bird feeders and stuff. I fucking pissed off with these little raccoons. So I, they're not little, by the way, they're pretty big. So I walked out there and I had uh, my headlight on. I had my pellet gun and I plunked one of the raccoons. I had to say, I'm just being honest. It kind of felt good. It was like, Ooh, this, this is primal. It's me and this other life form. <laughs> if I can raccoons, man, they just, they made a mess in my bird sanctuary. I had a little, little uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, uh, possum back there. And they got into a hassle with the possum. It's like two raccoons on one possum. That's not fair. 
Let's see what else do we have here. Uh, Airsoft will sting and pelican paralyze or kill. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll take that into consideration. That means I'd have to get an airsoft gun. Might not be a bad thing to do. Uh, good job last night. So, so was there were there people in the chat last night that were getting? Because I was, I you know, I, I just I checked in at the end. I can't. I, I came to this decision where I can't. It's like okay, we'll talk at the beginning, acknowledgement. But I was realizing that I was getting really hung up on what people were saying at times. So I've just made it a practice to, <laughs> excuse me, one more time. I made it a practice to uh, let chat have its own experience. Yes, the trolls were out last night. YouTube attracts them. Yeah, we have a, this is our safe space. We have our safe space here. I like that Bill Simmons, the alternate timeline where it was a writer. That's funny, Tondar. That is really funny. That is that is hilarious. Uh, let's see who else we have here. We got Sony. Sony's in the house. Maurice, my man. <laughs> Maurice, you should you should be a spokesperson for the tobacco industry. I swear to God, you should be a Maurice, I'm not, I'm not saying anything that's not true. Maurice is the greatest living paradox and enigma I've ever come across. I think he smokes at least a pack of cigarettes a day. And he's fucking climbing up Enchanted Rock. I'm like, dude, you're a badass. Um, a lot of new names to chat last night. Uh, Wendy says had a rabid raccoon in my yard once. It just kept walking. Oh, you know, I do like the raccoon. It's a cute animal. Joan feeds them all the time. They come out and we get a little raccoon theater at her place. There's like at least a dozen of them. I think she's got water out there. They do the little water thing with her hand. They look super cute. Uh, let's see. I have good, man, I got the best mods. We got Steve, we got Tom, we got Ryan. I think Maurice is also a mod in uh, on the YouTube side of things. Yeah. Those are the sheriffs. Um, I have a Glock 19 Airsoft. Okay. Even has blowback. Great for training. You know what, Brian? Two packs a day. Look, Maurice even corrected me. He's like, not one, Robert, two. He's going to wear that like a badge. That is awesome. <laughs> Oh man, that is so funny. So, so funny. Um, they want to ban menthol cigarettes. The Bisu, hey, what's going on? The Bisu's checking in. Good to see you, the Bisu. Trash pandas. That's a good name for uh for the pan for the raccoons, trash pandas. They're, they are kind of cute. I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're cute. I watch them over at Jones, they're very cute. But when they wreck your bird sanctuary, I heard, by the way, that raccoons will just kill chickens for sport. For sport, not even for eating, just for sport. All right. Shall we roll up our, our pants and dip our toes into the uh, 
putrid waters of the world today. I'll try to keep it high level. It's easy to be a uh, reflector of uh, the garbage of human experience now. There's, there's no dearth of uh, human, not trash pandas, human trash at this point in time. Because it has been carefully cultivated for a long time now. And this whole Roe v. Wade thing is the fuse, right? It is, it is the fuse that is going to ignite the explosive elements in our society already has. Um, so uh, Joan went to church yesterday with her mom in this, you know, this is the Catholic church. And uh, they had security guards. They had security guards at the Catholic church because they apparently, even in that church, these women, and I, I say women because they're not, maybe, maybe there's a man, but mostly women coming into the church and interrupting the church service or like interrupting mass because they believe that it's the Catholic church that's behind all. Well, if you look at the Supreme Court justices, they're all Jesuits, the ones that want to, you know, flip Roe v. Wade. And by the way, I don't have a problem with that. Again, I said that yesterday, last night's show, let the states figure it out. And there are going to be states that are going to outlaw abortion. I guarantee you. Guarantee you. And Texas is likely one of them. Likely one of them. And um, Greg Abbott, who is the governor of Texas, who's a total sellout, by the way. There's, there's video of this guy when, when Abbott was was running for governor in the primary. Um, this guy kept asking him if he would publicly disavow Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum, and Greg Abbott wouldn't do it because Greg Abbott at one point had, had his own page on the WEF site. There's pictures of him, of course, with Klaus Schwab, and uh, he wouldn't do it. He said, yeah, we're, we're against globalism here, but he wouldn't disavow it, right? So there's something, again, there's something weird about these people where they can't lie, right? They can't lie. And if, if he was a, just a regular politician, he could, he could you know, theoretically, he would just disavow Klaus Schwab. Oh, yeah. You know, and then get on the phone with Klaus. Hey, listen, man, I just, I had to diss you today. But, you know, just don't take it personally, okay? You're going to see it. Don't take it personally. You know how I feel about you, Klausy. We good. We good. We tight, Klausy. But he didn't do that. He could. There's something weird. Like, it's got to be, it's got to be something Masonic. That's what I think. There's got to be something Masonic where you can't lie. You, there's, there's, some, there's some weird kind of moral code or ethic. I don't know what it is. Because like I said, if Greg Abbott was, and I've talked about this before, if he was really political and really crafty, he would have just fucking lied. That's it. A lie. He didn't. Big changes here in Fredericksburg. It, like, last night was the pinnacle of the 175th anniversary of the city of Fredericksburg, which was founded by Germans in the 1850s. Right? So specifically, 1852. Um, so they had an election, and, and you know, and I was when I was running for city council, I kept looking at because Fredericksburg is a it's a tourist city. I mean, obviously, right, since the, their anniversary. And I kept looking at the Uranus conjunction to Fredericksburg's son. And I'm thinking, this town 
is ready to go through a big change, like a significant change. There's something new coming. And I, I, I honestly thought that I would be part of that new thing because I could see it coming. I had new ideas. I was the new person, but alas, that didn't work. And I'm okay with it, right? I'm okay with living out here in the hinterlands, but they just had an election and the new thing came, the new thing came. So I was, I looked at the election results and um, they were electing two city council people and a mayor, which is big. Um, I think they had some school board positions and a fucking $87 million school bond, which I do not understand. I mean, this is a town that has more and more uh, short-term rentals every single day. Like where the fuck are they going to put the kids in this town? Pass an $87 million bond to build a new middle school. Why? Why? The old one's fine. It's, it's historic. There's no new kids coming here. They can't afford to fucking live here. And if they can't afford to live here, I guarantee you their kids are going to private school. They're not sending them out to public school. Anyway, so I was looking at the three candidates that won, mayor and the two city council people. And all their votes were kind of kind of similar, right? Like there was, I think it was like 100 votes that separated one of the, uh, the, the lowest vote getter on the city council side, which they had to elect two, right? So... He's this guy, I think his name is Tony Klein. He got the lowest number of votes of the two that got elected, which is not many. I think he got something like 31 votes less than the woman who, who had the most votes, who I believe is Emily Kirshner. But they all had around 1,300 votes, which out of a city of 10,000, that's terrible. It's terrible. That's like maybe 10%, right? Usually they get about a 15% turnout, but for some reason, 10%. So the mayor, the new mayor, and these two city council people, they got pretty much the same number of votes. I think it was 100 and some odd votes that separated Tony Klein, who got the lowest number of votes for the elected officials, and the mayor who got the most. And then you had the former mayor, Charlie Keeney, who I've talked about before, you've probably seen on some of these streams. Charlie Keeney only got 700 votes. So double, like, I mean, these were, these were fucking, they just pummeled. They pummeled the, you know, the, the incumbent mayor got pummeled, trampled underfoot. Um, Tom Musselman, who's the incumbent, one of the incumbent city council people, trampled underfoot, lost by 700 votes. This is a guy that's been on city council, he's been mayor, like, like Tom is like a mollusk. You, know, you can't, you can't, you can't get rid of him. Well, they got rid of him last night. Uh, and then James McDonald, who I thought was a shoe in because, you know, he's the, the golden boy for the local Republican Party. He got 700 votes. He got crushed. He was closer last time to getting elected than this time, this time left in the dust. So I looked at him and said, like, you know what? There was a block. There was a block of voters that committed to these people. And I, I'm assuming that that block of voters was about 600 people strong because you take away that block, they're right there with the rest of the candidates. They're right there with James. They're right there with Charlie Keeney. They're right there with Tom. It's right around the 700 number. But then there's this 600 vote like injection on each of them. And I said, somebody voted as a block. 
And that's how these people got elected. And I'm on a little like, you know, text feed with people that live here. It was my first like take, like, oh, they had a coalition. And sure enough, that's exactly what happened. There was a, the neighborhood, uh, neighborhood council, I think it's called the neighborhood council, the NC. And they're, they're, I think they're involved in the whole SDR thing. And I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to uh, manage this whole SDR situation. I think, I think they're trying to limit non-owner operators in this town, which I wholeheartedly applaud. This is something I talked about. This is something I campaigned on. So I was ahead of the curve with this shit, right? And I'm pretty sure that this is the coalition that elected them because they're watching. These are people that live here in this town and they're watching the fabric. And this is happening all over the United States, by the way. They're watching their fabric of their, of their town, their community, just be completely decimated by the short-term rental population, which is good for the local economy if you're running a short-term rental as a business, but it's shitty for the local um, community if you're looking to actually build a community and have families that live here and you know, ultimately offer things for those families, which would include maybe jobs, right? Even in the realm of, of, uh, of telecommuting, you know, people still have to work to some degree. So I think that's what happened. I think this, that this neighborhood alliance helped elect these. Now, see, this goes back to the new thing, right? Because I knew that a new thing was coming. And now you've got these three people, and I've never seen this here, and I've, I've only been here for four years. I came to this area in 2018. So, I've, but I've seen some election cycles, right? Through, I've never seen anything like this, where it it looks like you have three candidates who, I think Gerald might have been mayor once. The other two, I'm not sure if they've ever been a city council person. Three candidates, and mostly either unknown or uh, certainly not your uh, kind of run of the mill, you know, check the box, let's reelect them again candidate. And they have a power base now. They got three people on basically a five-person board, right? And they got a majority. So something new is coming here. And the reason I'm talking about this is because, you know, we're living in revolutionary times. And I'm going to get into the dark side of the revolution with what's happening on the streets now. And I know that a lot of people aren't really into politics. And I, I totally get it. I totally get it because it's it, it's been such a, a, a you know a, a massive turnoff, but there are some interesting things happening, especially on a local level. Like this is kind of unprecedented. It'll be interesting to see how they wield this power too. So I may start going back to. I just got so bored with the city council fucking meetings. It's like oh my god, here we go, same bullshit, different week. So this will be interesting. I'll keep you posted. I'll tell you what else is interesting is uh, Trump's big candidate in Pennsylvania, Dr. Mehmet Oz, is not doing well. Now, Trump, almost always, theoretically, in his mind, backs winners. This is what he'll do. He'll back the winner. It's easy, low-hanging fruit. He'll say, oh, look, you know, look, the power, the power of MAGA, the power of the Trump endorsement. 
And I think where's where's JD Vance from? He, he's from um, he's from Ohio. I think he might be from Ohio. And he was running against this guy named I think his name was like Jake Mandel or something like that. So Trump, this is interesting about Trump. Trump did make a mistake when he fucked up his name. He called him JD Mandel. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, JD Vance, back in 2016, 2017, he didn't like Trump. He did not like Trump at all. And not and it's not because he was uh, a raging, you know, Democrat or liberal in disguise. He was actually thinking for himself. Right. There's video of him saying, yeah, I'm not into him. And as you as he had the run up for his election, oh, he's singing his praises now. Oh, yeah, he's the best president in my lifetime. Well, I mean, to be fair, he said this when Trump had been elected, so he hadn't really been president yet. So maybe he changed his mind. Maybe he saw things. People can change their minds, by the way, right? They can change their minds. You may not like this show, but you may see it again. You'll say, God, I really like this show. See, I was adding up there versus subtracting. See how I did that? Anyway. Um, so instead of endorsing him, because he was going to win, right? He's on Fox. He's on Glenn Beck. I mean, this guy, uh, J.D. Vance, gets a lot of He wrote a book, best-selling book. They made it into a movie. I think they made it into a TV movie, like on Lifetime or some channel like that. When is the Jasper story coming out? When is the Jasper story? We got to do the Jasper story. Yeah, from your life on the streets of San Francisco as a crack cat. He was a crack cat. Do you know that? You were a crack cat. It's okay. We all have our pasts. That's why he has bad teeth. No teeth. He's got crack teeth. You have crack teeth, don't you? Yeah. Anyway, um, so Trump, instead of endorsing him, fucked it up and said, uh, J.D. Mandel. So he combined, like... One of them may win, and I may get it right, whether it's the first name or the last. But he didn't fuck up Dr. Oz's name, not at all. Who's running for uh, uh, office? Okay, you, you, it's going to your head now. We all know how important you are. Okay, we all know that. Um, but Dr. Oz is not doing well in the polls. He also does not show well in. You would think that a guy who has all this experience being on Oprah and being Dr. Cool, right? He doesn't show well when he's, when he's up speaking to an audience, he just does not have it. Like it's all, it feels all fake, right? It feels all manufactured and weird. Who's ever advising him, they should say, look, stick, stick to your Oprah script. You know, look at, you know, talk about the state of Pennsylvania as a patient in what it needs. Do that instead of trying to, you know, do the, pump up the volume. He's not very good at it. So I think there's this woman named Elizabeth Barrett. Is that her name? She's, she's winning in the polls. And her whole thing is, I'm a woman, I'm black, and I'm conservative. That's me. That's me. And um, in red state, that can go a long ways. Look what happened to the attorney general in Virginia. She did really well. So we are in revolutionary times. We just saw a little revolution happen in Fredericksburg. I'm telling you, never seen it before. Voting as a block, voting as a group. That's Uranus Sun conjunction. 
Uranus, of course, being the ruling planet of Aquarius. And it was a group that got them elected. It was a group block of votes that got them elected. What are you doing now? What are you doing? All right, you're getting a little squirrely here. I know, every, I know, you're picking up on everybody's energy. It's really fairly squirrely. All right, shall we get into the dark side of this shit? Because we are in the dark side now. Want to fight? Jasper's a fighter too. Look at him. He's fierce. You're fierce, child. Whenever I hear that word fierce, I think of uh, uh, the movie True Romance with Gary Coleman. Be fierce. We got a fierce child here. Stop it. Stop it. All right. Let's uh, let me go to my Twitter feed because there's some stuff on my Twitter feed. Let's see what we got here. Oh, by the way, we're gonna have um, Steve. I'll tell you about this. Um, we're gonna have uh, Russ Winter on at the end of uh, the last Friday of every month. Russ Winter of Winter Watch will be a regular guest, regular contributor. I'm looking forward to that. Okay, are you good? Are you done? Are you gonna lay down? Okay, just why don't you just relax? He's all excited, he's fired up. All right, um, this is from a mass in Los Angeles. And here we go. Uh, we've got uh, handmade tail memes going on here. Let me just pop this up. Handmade tail memes going on. Uh, and highly disruptive. What is this like, right? What is this like? You know what it's like? Remember when I played, do you remember when I played the Kurgan? Do you remember when I played the Kurgan from Highlander and he's in the church and he's disrupting the church? I played that, what, about a month ago? That's exactly what we're looking at here. We're looking at all these Kurgans coming in and disrupting the church. So let me, let me do this. This is Los Angeles. Hey, you get off again. You are not, you are not attacking anybody. Respect us. Respect us. You want to respect you want to respect you. As you guys want respect, we want respect you. I understand that. Get out of here. I understand. We are with you. But we have to get your hands on the ground. Please. 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 It's such a falsehood. You even practice Christian things when you're out there. Mga ano yun, 
So there you go. Um, this is happening across America now. The invasion of the churches by these whack jobs. Those people in that church, whatever you think about religion and God and Christianity, those people have the right to worship in their own way and in their own space. They do. It's their sacred space. I'm not a Catholic. I don't go to church, but I'm sure as fuck not going to go into their church and hassle them. Right. I may not agree with whatever. I mean, who knows? Maybe I do. Maybe I don't. Right. But I'm not going to go in there and I'm not going to try to disturb their world. This is fucking stupid. It's like, if you're going to protest, like get out on the sidewalk or whatever. That's your place. That is not a public place, by the way. A church is not a public place. A church is a private place, believe it or not. Yeah, it's true. They're private. They're not, they're not owned by the quote-unquote taxpayers, right? They're not. They're not a library. They're, they're not a post office. They're not a police office or police station. Um, they're not a Capitol building. Those are all public places. They're not the DMV public place. You have no uh, expectation of privacy in a public. That is not a public place. It's private. It's private property. You want to protest? Get your ass out on the street. It's a violation of property rights, plain and simple. But if you just want to look at it from that perspective, it is a violation of property rights. And they're going into a place where people take their faith very seriously. That's clear. And I'd bounce them out too. It's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly. And there's another video that I found was on the streets of LA. And it was these protesters. Let me see. Um, let see if I can find it. It's real, it, this, that gives you an idea in a sense. Remember now, this thing is less than a week old. And they're already storming churches, performing their, their handmaid's tale thing. Like, where are these people with the fucking vaccine? Nowhere. Nowhere to be found. Because that wasn't important to them. It's only their body, their choice when it comes to removing a human life from their body. Other than that, you know, you know, go take a jump in the lake. We don't give a shit about you. Let me see if I can find the stuff in LA. By the way, if you're listening to the podcast, what you just heard through the ambient noise was a group of about maybe six or seven people, some of which were dressed in the handmade sale, so they're wearing like, you know, red capes in their little 
kind of, I don't know, Dutch hats or whatever, right? And some of so there was that one woman, her, her, her handmade tail costume needs some work. Like, you know, if you're going to do it, you're going to get on camera, fucking get your handmade tail costume together. That was just amateur hour. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to do this, you better show out. Not come up with some fucking, you know, piece of paper over your head looking like half a lampshade. Are we going to have, uh, we're going to have handmade tail fashion rankings now. You know, it's interesting. Okay. Okay. Just putting this together in my head now. All right. Let me do this. Let me see if I can find the other thing. Um, Oh, you know what? I just, hold on. I'll go back here so I can get this thing. Where are we? Do you see where Bono and, and uh, The Edge were, were in Ukraine doing like some little fucking basement concert? Okay, here's Kathy Barnett. Let me show you her. This is a, a candidate from Pennsylvania that is kicking Dr. Oz's ass right here. I'm not a big Newsmax person. Eh, whatever, you know, it's like Israeli Democracy TV Network. Um, here, let me find out if I can let me go back here. Bono. Bono's got hair plugs now. Because he was losing his fucking hair a long time ago. He's got hair plugs now. I can't think of a more disappointing band than you fucking two. Let me see if I can find this thing. Back onto my feed. What I'm looking for here is um, this footage. In Los Angeles. If I can find it. Federal judge reduces Ghislaine Maxwell's max prison sentence by 10 years. Ghislaine Maxwell never spent a fucking day in jail. There's you two, bunch of dorks. Um, ba -ba -ba -ba. Let's see if I can find this. I'm just going through. Give me one second. All right, so I gotta do a search. Damn it, I had it too. Um, let's see what we got here.
Here we go. This is it. I think I found it. Pretty sure this is it. They had riot games in LA in 2021. That's wild. I'm just going through this feed. All right. I think this is it. This is about as close as it gets. Um, so this is what I was watching last night. Here we go. What's your name, huh? DHS? What's your name? What's your name, DHS, huh? What's up with that gun right there, huh? Why are you putting that at me, huh? You guys are big men, huh? You got big guns. You back up! This guy's gonna fucking shoot us. The fuck are you doing, bro? Why'd you point that at me, though? Why'd you point that at me, huh? The fuck was I doing? Yeah. Look, you're looking at me. You can talk. You can talk. Back up. Back up. Everybody's back. Get back. Hey, I'm asking as nice to get back. Don't touch. Get back. You get back. Get back. You get back. Get back. Get off of me. Get back. Get off of me. You back up. Down. Put your weapons down. Get up. Watch out. Put your weapons down. Back up. You back. Back up. You back. Back up. Get back, man. Get back. Hey, so fuck you. Back up. Back the fuck up. Back up. Don't touch me, bro. What are you doing? Fuck you. Oh, yeah. Fuck the fuck you. Put your fucking bitch. Fuck you. Put your fucking weapon down. Fuck you. So there you go. That was the Department of Homeland Security. Did you see that? The guy had a DHS thing. That's kind of interesting, based on what we know about DHS. He did look scared, too, by the way. That guy was right. If you're, out, again, listening on the podcast, what that was, was a scene from downtown L.A. It was either last night or the night before last. And, you know, they're they're out and they're, they're gaining their... Uh, they're, they're, they're stoking their revolutionary fires again. And, you know, when, you, when you're in this world for a while, you begin to question some, sometimes, like, who's really running these protests, right? And I can guarantee you some of them are based in social, social Marxist theory, communism, anarchism, like that's in there, Right. They're using the fuel of the moment. But every now and then you get some agent provocateurs, the people who are on the other side, who will come into some of these things and try to ignite and accelerate. That does happen. So this is an interesting time, especially with department. That guy did look scared. You know, DHS, like, has this guy ever been in an environment like that? Probably not. You know, I don't know where he's been. 
Like, has he been guarding like a Port Authority in New York or something? He did look scared. If I were him, I would not show my eyes. And, and that guy, by the way, is clearly, clearly on his way to being doxxed. I can tell you that right now. I can tell you that right now. On his way to being doxxed. And so if I'm there at night, I'm wearing like fucking night glasses and I'm not letting anybody look into my eyes. Nobody. What, you know, what's going to happen? Like, what is going to happen with these people? Because they're not going to stop. This, they just, this whole Roe v. Wade thing is like gasoline. It's like David Bowie, cat people, putting out the fire with gasoline. This is what this is. So what is, what is the remedy here? You know, when I see that, when I see that, what do I want to do? You know, I, I want to fucking crack that person right in the jaw who's like giving that guy shit. Sorry. That is my visceral reaction. That is my pelican to the demon cat reaction moment, right? I mean, that's kind of how I feel about that. Like there is, a, I'm just being honest. There's a part of me that's like, okay, enough fucking enough. We've taken this now for two fucking years. Two years, we've had to eat shit. We being just... Regular old folk, right? Not the right, not the conservative people, but just people that want to get on with their lives, do our best, maybe innovate a little bit, help other people, try to get this thing to another level if we can, which is you know what I've dedicated my life to. And then we got to put up with this shit, right? It's like, here we go fucking again, okay? All right, enough. I'm telling you, it's coming. It's coming. This is Mars. Mars comes back, it is coming. It's coming to a city near you, a town near you. And if this ship breaks out, the people who have been on the sidelines, sitting on their hands, mouth zipped, that's, it's not going to happen. You know why? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why this is going to be different. Because this doesn't have to do with race. And they may want to make it into a race issue, like, think of all the poor black women that can't get their abortions now. They'll try to do that, but this is not a race issue. See, before it was a race issue, and people were feeling guilty about the race issue. Oh, well, shit, you know, we did all this shit, and let's get on our knee, and let's shine some shoes, and, you know, please forgive us, right? Can we move on now and go back to our businesses, and, you, you know, can you absolve us of our of our guilt? And by the way, it's not even white guilt, right? The, everybody has some level of guilt in their lives. Everybody. Check yourself. I got some level of guilt. We all do. So when you have a situation like that, where it's like, well, you've got white guilt. What do people do? They attach to their ambient guilt in their own life. And they're like, oh, God, well, yeah. I remember when I cheated on my husband. He still doesn't know. I feel really guilty. Yeah, I have white guilt. Please absolve me. While you're at it, can you absolve the fact that I cheated on my husband? You don't think this happens? It does happen. It's called transference. So you had a lot of people during that period. Yeah, maybe philosophically, they were like, oh, man, such a bad deal, such a raw deal. I'm living in a good house. You're living in a shitty house. Let me get on my knee here. Let me shine your shoes for a minute. I'll, you know, I'll kind of balance it out. And I think there's some of that. But also there's the fact that people are carrying individual guilt and they'll bundle it in a collective experience and hope that it's absolved.
This is not that. This is not racial. And this is why it's going to be different. I'm telling you right now, this is why it's going to be different. They, they played the race card. They played the race card hard. They just kept laying down and laying down. And they can't get anything out of it now. They can't get anything out of it. Patrice Cullors has a cabin in the sky. Can't get anything out of it. It's like, it's like trying to animate a corpse. Done. Done. They had a, they had a, I, t- I, I said this before, that they, they had a Black Lives Matter rally in Grand Rapids, Michigan, because some guy, some fool decided he was going to go after a cop's taser and tase him. And the cop said, no, you're not. And he shot him and he killed him. And they, could, they, they couldn't even drum up 500 people to show up. I think they have like 60 people as a BLM. It's over. It's done. You got this guy, Hawk Newsom, who is the head of BLM in New York City. And they got a black mayor in New York City now. And he's like, well, fuck BLM. Eric Adams is like, fuck BLM. They're not paying my bills. They're, they're not putting money in my Bitcoin account. Fuck them. Right? And that's a black mayor. Oh, he'll make sure that, you know, the black community gets money, but he's not going to openly step in line and march for BLM. Unless, of course, they have something over on him. And then they'll say, listen, man, you got you to do the BLM thing again. You just got to do it. Like, break ranks. But he's not going. He's a rat. Eric Adams is a rat. He knows, he knows which side of the bread is, is buttered in his life. It's not the BLM side. That's the plain side. Buttered lives matter. I had a really good cheeseburger this weekend. It's really good. The League, which is a restaurant uh, chain in the Austin area, very underrated. Very, very underrated. Good cheeseburger. Gluten-free bun, too. Anyway, this is why there's going to be blood on the streets in America. It's because it's not a racial issue. This is why you're seeing DHS, which wasn't fucking out there and seen before during the whole Antifa and Black Lives Matter thing. That's why they're out there now. The Biden administration wants to simultaneously stoke the fires of discontent while also maintaining law and order. Well, you can't have it both ways. Can't have it both ways. So if this thing continues and it will continue, I guarantee you, Six-pack Joe is like, we're over this. And, you're, and this will be a bloody time in the history of the United States. You're going to see people who are out there protesting for their right to abort a child. Vigorously protesting. They're going to get their shit handed to them. Sorry, it's calling as I see it. They're going to be bloody. There's going to be bones that are broken. Oh, sure, there'll be people on the so-called right or whatever who've had enough. Yeah, and they'll take they'll take some they'll take some shots, but I can't. I guarantee you, they're not going to be the ones taking the brunt of the of the uh, of the hickory stick. It's going to be the other side. It's coming. Now, of course, <laughs> the the administration would absolutely love something like that. Why? Martial law. They could declare martial law. They could, could, they could put the country under lockdown. 
the UN could come in and say, hey, guess what? You guys can't manage yourselves. We got to bring some, some blue hats in here. And then where do we go from there? You think that you, okay, so let's play this out. I'm just thinking about this for the first time. Let's play this out. So let's say that I'm right. And there will be a significant visceral pushback around this thing. And let's say the, the Biden administration goes into martial law mode, or let's say the UN brings the blue hats in. Do you think, do you think that people are going to sit on their hands and go, okay, no, uh-uh. And again, we have to watch out for agents provocateurs, people that are plants, escalating this whole situation. This could get very ugly, very, very ugly. Because remember, the idea here is they want to disarm the American public. Like they can't, they can't run the entire uh, Agenda 2030 plan if people have guns. This is not going to work. People won't go for it. People don't want to. People don't want to lose their houses. They don't want to give their houses up to fill in the blank. Right? They're not into it. A small percentage of the population will be into the green, the green porn. Small percentage maybe five at best, 10 if it's part of the underclass and just says, fuck it, we'll never own a house. So fuck you, we'll take your house and you get to, you get to live in a, you know, a uh, 300 by 300 space, just like the rest of us and get your daily allotment, your, your weekly allotment of uh, bugs, worms and genetically modified plant products. Ha ha, fuck you, joke's on you, right? But you can't have that if people have their firearms. If they have their firearms, it's going to be a lot harder to do that. Again, right? They don't, they don't want to take casualties. They being the quote unquote controllers, right? They don't want to take casualties. It's not what they want. Well, they'll take a few. But, you know, they're into Sun Tzu. They want to win a war without ever firing a shot, which they've been pretty good at, by the way. So if this thing escalates and they go into martial law or they call in the, the blue helmets, what do you think is going to happen here? Do you think people are just going to go, okay, yeah, you're right. No. Once you open that door, it's very hard to put everything back, right? Once you open Pandora's box, it's really hard to put it back. So we could be looking at unprecedented chaos, disruptions, even more right? Even more than what we've experienced to date. You know, jumping trains, jumping trucks. I mean, we, we are potentially headed into real Mad Max territory here. Because the tension's been mounting. It's never been quelled. People have shut the fuck up. They basically had to swallow the most egregious and uh, ostentatious stolen election of our lifetime. People have had to swallow that. Because if you do the math, if you do the math, it doesn't work. It does not work. Joe Biden actually received more votes than registered voters, okay? Do the fucking math. People have done that. He's received more votes. From, he got more votes than anybody in history, more votes than Barack Obama. You got to be fucking kidding me. This is a guy that couldn't even get 50 people at his rallies. How does, he, how does he get more votes than Obama? More votes than anybody. It was Reagan-esque. He's a bumbling, drooling idiot. 
and a clone more than likely and having replacements and all the other shit, right? The optics are there. Clearly we saw people wheeling out trays of votes and you know, what was her name? Like Ruby, what's her name down in Georgia? Basically telling her, you know, everybody what she's doing. She was you know, a fucking, you know, Instagram or TikTok video. Hey y'all, this is what's going on. It's her third day here. You know, she's like basically spilling the beans because she wants to be fucking famous. You know what happened last night? I was watching TV after the show. And what was I watching? Yeah, shit. What was I watching? It was, okay. They mentioned Andy Warhol and Valerie Solanas. Oh, it was, okay. It was American Psycho. It was, it was a, a short, it was a brief documentary on Amer the movie American Psycho with Christian Bale. And the woman who directed, I shot Andy Warhol, directed that movie American Psycho. So that came up. That was weird. Like, okay, is this a glass bead game thing? Or is this just the algorithms of YouTube listening to me quote that whole thing? Who's this? My new system, so if somebody buys a reading, they call me now, which is great. Anyway, I saw that last night, right? I saw that. I was like, oh, yeah, there we go. I was just talking about this, strangely enough. So this, this, is, this is where we are. We, are. we are coming to the event horizon here. Honestly, I don't know what you do with these people. I really don't. I mean, it's probably the, the, the most effective solution would be just the complete and utter, you know, love and forgiveness and, and um, unconditionality, you know, that theoretically Christianity um, promotes and um, lives by. I mean, that's, suppo that's supposedly how it works, right? And then it's through that transference of unconditional love and the spirit of God that those people change. Like, even uh, what's her name? Um, Roe, right? She realized that she fucked up. And she spent the rest of her life trying to denounce and you know, not have Roe v. Wade be her legacy. I think she became a Christian, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a way of dealing with this. Theoretically, in order to deal with that, though, you'll take some body blows, I guarantee you. You'll take body blows, you'll take spit to the face, you'll, whatever those things are, right? Whatever the devil in that moment, like the Linda Blair exorcist devil moment, like you have to take that, but then you have to, you know, in, invoke uh, the light and the love and the protection of the armor of God through the spirit of Jesus Christ. I mean, I really feel like that's a solution. That is a solution. Can people do that? Not sure. Not sure. So how do you deal with it from a secular? Because these people aren't going away, right? They're the spirit of discontent. They, they are, the, they are, they are the, the malefic expression of uh, our times. Some would say they're satanic. I wouldn't have a problem with that, actually. 
But what are they trying to teach us? What do we, what do we need to learn from these interactions? Because yeah, they're the other and yeah, they're an impediment in a lot of ways. What do we need to learn from them? Well, what we're learning from them is the spirit of discontent. I talked about this last night on the show, being disagreeable. They're being completely disagreeable because their raison d'etre, their way of life, the, 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 the keystone of their belief system is being threatened. And what's amazing about the whole thing is that it's not their right to earn a living, not their right to own property, right? Not their right to speak freely. None of these things. It's their supposed right to remove a life form from their body. Again, were they out there supporting people that did not want to take the COVID vaccine? No, they were nowhere to be fucking found. In fact, truth be told, they were on the other side pointing their finger at you saying, you need to get the fucking vaccine for people like me. I guarantee you, 90% of the pro, pro-choice people, pro-vax people. And I'm, I'm not even looking at any supposed statistics. This is just my instincts. So it's selectively discontented, right? Selectively disagreeable. But we can learn something from it. But what do you do with them? From a secular point of view, if you're not going to go full-on armor of God, unconditional love, take the body blows, take the spit in the face, by the, like that cop, you didn't see it, but earlier on there was this fat ass who spat in his face. He took it. He said, you don't want to do that. She spat in his face. I saw it. So if we're going the secular route, what do you do with these people? Because they're not going to change. They're, they're going to stoke the fires of discontent until they burn everything down because that's what they want to do. So we got, we got, we got two paths here. It's the Jesus Christ armor of God path, or it's the path where you beat them so bad. And I mean, beat them so bad that they will not think twice, but three times about stepping out of their houses. And I'm not, I'm just, look, I'm just being honest. I'm being honest here. So that means you break limbs. You literally, you break limbs. You, you break kneecaps, you break elbows, you break limbs. Number one, it keeps them from fucking protesting. Number two, they think twice, three times. Do I want to go back out there and get my shit broken? The answer to that unequivocally is no. And who knows? Maybe some of them are just so possessed they'll absolutely do it. You know, they'll hobble out there, you know, like the Monty Python character, right? My body, my joys. My body, my joys. At some level, you got to respect that if they do that. It's like, Jesus, you're persistent. What would happen if you put that persistence in another direction? Wow, you might be able to accomplish something. Strange times. What do you do with, the pe- what do you do with these people? I mean, that's the bigger point, isn't it? Because we have created such a Grand Canyon divide in our society now it's almost irreparable. There's almost no chance that we're going to be able to live together as one country. It's very hard. You know, so are we looking at a reactionary swing to the hard right? Maybe. Talked about that a little bit. Talked about with Nish on Friday. 
explored that. I talked about it last week because that's really the, the reaction, right? It's a hard swing to the right because the left has been so completely out of control. You know, it's, it's like it's like the problem child in your family. You don't you don't know what to do with your problem child. At some point, your problem child just gets arrested and goes to jail, and it's like, okay, well, you know, that's what you get. It's what you deserve. And you think about how you fucked up, and at that point, it's above your pay grade. A lot of times, parents haven't done anything. I mean, a lot of times you'll have good parents. You know, good parenting puts the odds in your favor of raising a respectable and responsible human being, but it doesn't always guarantee it because we know there's stories about good families and good parenting and somebody comes out of that family and they're just a fucking wicked seed, right? For whatever reason, it's usually a family with multiple kids. It's usually the middle child who's not getting enough attention. It's just speculation on my part. Um, so this is where we are. And we're, we're coming into this eclipse energy, which I talked about last night, which lines right up with the Roe v. Wade stuff, big time. Lines right up with it all. And how's it going to affect us? It's going to, it's going to take us into Mad Maxville. We're so close right now. Gas prices through the fucking roof. I'm going to go get gas yesterday. That training coming back. Oh, we might get a bit of a brief reprieve and respite come the holiday season, but not during the summer. That's not how it works. All right. I think I'm about to, about to get out of here today. I'd like to leave you with something positive. Sometimes it is what it is, you know, sometimes it is what what's going on in our world, in our times. And you, know, you can't always put lipstick on a pig. Let's see if I can find something positive. Let me see what we got here. The headlines are dark. NASDAQ is down. NASDAQ futures down minus 2.3%. Tesla stock burning up. I don't know what that means. Let's see. Oh, my God. Here we go. This is from today. Oh, this is in uh, Shanghai. They've got riots now in Shanghai. These people in Shanghai, have had, they've had a fucking enough. You know, and I tell you, this impacts American companies. Here, let me show this to you. So video shows workers at an Apple and Tesla plant in Shanghai clashing with security guards over fears of an on-site COVID lockdown. Look at the name of this person, Wyland Soon. Getting well. So these people have had enough. 
Let's see if we can find the video. Right, here we go. Let's check this out. Let me get rid of this. What? Wow. Everybody was kung fu fighting. So, yeah, the world is on fire right now. Good, good. So, good for the Chinese. Like, fucking stand up to these motherfuckers. Like, there's way more of you than there is of them. Just fucking stand up, right? Like, this is the time for the Chinese people to break their fucking chains. And you know what? It may disrupt the supply chain. Who cares? Like, get free. China is is a is a, an Aquarius rising country. And when Saturn went into Aquarius, right? When Saturn went into Aquarius, it hit its ascendant. And what did China do? It started locking people down, and it hasn't stopped since then. And they got problems. They got they got real problems. And I don't know what they're trying to do, if it's an order thing, if it's a, a, a you know, culling the, the, you know, the people who might be problematic because they, they're starting to require more personal wealth. Then you require more personal wealth. You're not as beholden to the state, right? So China's got a problem. They have an ideology problem. Is this how they're solving their ideology problem? All right, I'm going to get out of here with a, with a video. We got uh, what, six minutes left. I mentioned it before. We're going to get out of here on this. Six minutes and 45 seconds. It'll probably take us to the... Uh, to the end of the show. So you may not be able to see the whole thing. Use your head in order to discern what's real, your heart to say what's possible. I'm Robert Phoenix. Have yourself a great Monday. And whatever you do, don't try to put that fire out with gasoline. Find something else. Yeah.
It's just the fear of losing you. Don't you know my name? Well, you've been so long, and I've been putting on. Yeah. 